0: Our scripture this morning comes from Philippians chapter 2 as we continue our study through the epistle to the Philippians, Philippians 2, verses 19 to 30. Would you please stand for the reading of God's holy word? Philippians two nineteen. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interest, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father he has served with me in the gospel. I hope therefore to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. I thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, and your messenger, and minister to my need. For he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, near to death but god had mercy on him and not only on him but on me also lest i should have sorrow upon sorrow i'm the more eager to send him therefore that you may rejoice at seeing him again and that i may be less anxious so receive him in the lord with all joy and honor such men for risking for he nearly died for the work of christ risking his life to complete what was lacking In your service to me. And may God add his richest blessing. To reading of this portion of his holy word. Will you pray with me please. Again our Father we are thankful for your holy word. We are thankful that you have spoken to us. And we pray that by the power of your spirit. You would come and speak to us now. We pray that we would see. Our Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ. High and lifted up. And at being lifted up. He would draw all men to himself. We pray. That the sheep would hear the voice of the good shepherd and know him and follow him and offer ourselves to him promptly and sincerely, in spite of the inability and sin of the preacher. In Jesus' name and for his sake, Amen. Be seated, please. Model Christians. One of the most important ways we grow and mature in our Christian life is by following people who are following Jesus. I don't know how long I would have lasted in the ministry, maybe 15 minutes, but in the Lord's gracious providence when I was in seminary, I was blessed to have not one but two mentors and I would say they were the best two mentors anyone could have. And I feel like dropping names today. I interned under the Reverend Jamie Hunt at the Cottle Creek ARP Church, and I worked as a student assistant to Dr. Douglas Kelly at the seminary. These men were godly men. They are godly men, and they each had over 30 years of experience in pastoral ministry, Both had pastored long-established churches in rural and small towns in North and South Carolina. These men gave me a lot of their time. They showed me how to visit people, how to pray with people, how to talk to people about the Lord, how to be a comfort and minister the gospel at a deathbed. And they... Talk to me about picking battles wisely. They taught me that not every hill is worth dying on. In fact, they taught me most hills are not worth dying on. I can't tell you how many times Mr. Hunt used to tell me, you can't go in and try to change a church. You just got to outlive them. I'll say I hadn't had much success with that. Uh, I tried to outlive them at my first church, but I soon realized I really was outliving them, and I was about to be the last man standing. So I ran scared to Mississippi, but I wasn't willing to stay there long enough to outlive anybody. Then I came to Clover, and most of y'all are younger than I am, so I won't be outliving many of you, I expect. but, But still, it was sage advice. You got to be gentle with people. Unless they're beating their wives or children or denying the faith or something really terrible, you got to be gentle with people. We need mentors, model Christians to follow, or we're liable to make a mess of things in our Christian lives. In the passage before us, the Apostle Paul tells the Philippians about two. Model Christians, Timothy and Epaphroditus. Let's look at them and look at the characteristics of model Christians we see in these men. First, in this passage, we see genuine concern for others. Look at verse 19. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be cheered by news of you for I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. Timothy had a rare trait. He was genuinely concerned for others' welfare. Paul says he has no one like him. Of course, Paul is in prison. He's under house arrest, chained to Roman guards, and the Lord is working through that, yet Paul is in a very adverse situation. But then there's Timothy, this one of a kind who is genuinely concerned for others. That's what you need to look for in a model Christian Not a person who tries to look concerned for others, but one who really is. My wife and her family, especially her father, had a great model Christian when Anna was growing up in Columbia. One of the pastors of the First Presbyterian Church had a practice and a personal rule not to talk about himself. When he came to visit or met with people, he made it a practice only to talk and ask questions and show interest in the other person. I'm sure he had to work to develop that practice, but it became a part of that man's nature. We have to work at it to make a conscious effort to develop a spirit that is more concerned with others. And we need to work on it in the simplest ways. You know, you, I'm talking to someone. They need to go. It's obvious they need to go. But I just keep on talking. It's actually very Selfish. When you serve someone else or serve in some official capacity, did you do it in order to serve others or to be known as serving? Timothy, the model Christian, had genuine concern for others second trait in a model christian is seeking the interests of jesus christ seeking the interests of jesus christ look at verse 21 for they all seek their own interests not those of jesus christ now sometime back jonathan williams preached for us and he he quoted a famous author who said that true humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. Now, I know who said it, but it's trendy to quote this author these days, and I don't like to be trendy, so I'm going to attribute this to Jonathan Williams. (laughs) A truly humble person is not someone who's constantly putting himself down. That's not humility. That's actually an attempt to draw attention to yourself. Now, the millennials and these youth of today have actually coined a phrase for that. I'll put Mr. Williams on the spot and see if he's in touch with his kids, but they call it, Humble brag. Timothy was one who truly thought of himself less. Timothy uniquely did not seek his own interest, but those of Jesus Christ. Paul says there was no one like him. And how do we become like that? Not seeking our own interest, but those of Jesus got to think of ourselves less again we need to make the conscious effort that we are not going to worry about what we want but what needs to be done it takes work to develop that spirit and I'll tell you where the rubber really meets the road and it's evangelism I spent more of my Christian life than I'd care to admit afraid to talk to another human being about Jesus. Most of us have been afraid or intimidated or felt too awkward to tell someone about Jesus at some point in our lives. And you know why? We were simply thinking of ourselves too much. Not necessarily thinking too much of ourselves, just thinking of ourselves too much. And if I'm not thinking about myself, I'm no longer paralyzed by the fear of what someone else will think of me if I just come out and tell them the truth. That's how we seek not our own interests, but the interests of Jesus we think of ourselves less. That takes a lot of work and a lot of practice. Traits of model Christian. You see genuine concern for others. Seeking the interests of Jesus Christ. Thirdly, you see proven worth to the church. Proven worth to the church. Look at verse 22. But you know Timothy's proven worth How as a son with a father he has served with me in the gospel. Timothy first proved himself as a son to Paul before he was commended as a father of the church. If we're going to be a father or a mother, a mentor, a leader, a model, in the church and household of God, we first have to be proven as an inferior, not inferior in worth, but in position. One great lesson my mentors taught me Well, if someone in the church brings a complaint about something or or makes a suggestion about something they want done, the first thing you do is ask them what they're willing to do about it. Now, y'all ain't going to speak to me for the rest of the year. Paul says Timothy proved his worth as a son. We have to earn the right to be heard in the church. You got to show up and work before you try to lead. If you cannot work for somebody else, you have no business trying to lead somebody else. I'm going to just come out and say it. If you cannot be a part of anything that you are not running, God has no use for you in his program. God is in the business of developing sons who have first proven their worth in subordinated capacities before they are ready to lead. Proven worth to the church. You see, genuine concern for others, seeking the interest of Jesus Christ, proven worth to the church. Fourthly, in this passage, we see longing for the saints. Longing for the saints. Look at verse 25. I have thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker, and fellow soldier and your messenger and minister to my need. For he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill near to death, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him but me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Now Paul said he wanted to send uh, Timothy, but for now he's sending this other man Epaphroditus to Philippi. And this man, Epaphroditus, is another model Christian. Paul says he longs for them. That is, he cares about the church. This man was ill and had nearly died and and he was very upset. He was not upset that he was so bad off but he was upset because he didn't want the church to find out and have to worry about him. You know, it's interesting in that passage on top of the bulletin, Paul says that we are to bear one another's burdens. But if you were to look further in Galatians 6 and read on, Paul says that everyone should bear his own burden. So which is it? Bear your own burden or bear one another's burdens. Of course the answer is yes. The point is, don't be a burden. Don't burden others, but put yourself in a position to bear someone else's burden. You remember, if you saw it, most of us have. And saving Private Ryan, you remember they asked the Captain Miller why he never complained to the platoon. And you remember what he said? It's a chain of command. Complaints go up, not down. It was the captain's job to bear his men's burdens and to be careful never to put his burdens back on them. That's the point. That's how Epaphroditus cared for this church. He didn't want them to be burdened for him. But he was burdened for them. You see, genuine concern for others, seeking the interest of Jesus Christ, a proven work to the church, longing for the saints, and fifthly and finally, we see a life that fits the gospel. A life that fits the gospel. Look, look at verse 20 again, what it says about Timothy. He says, I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. And then see again what he says about Epaphroditus. Verse 29 Verse, verse 30, for he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. And there are all sorts of theories about why Paul brings up that he wants to send Timothy, but for now he's going to send Epaphroditus. But there's a hint in what Paul is driving at in what he says about Epaphroditus here in the end in verse 30. He says this man nearly died for the work of Christ to complete what was lacking in their service, that is, the service of the church at Philippi. A bit awkward the way it's translated, but here's what he was saying. See, the Philippians, they love Paul. He started that church. And now Paul is chained to a Roman soldier. And so the Christians of Philippi that loved Paul, they did what any loving church would do. They put together a care package, a love gift. There's a problem. They couldn't all just up and leave Greece and swing by Rome and drop it off. And so they sent their care package to Paul by way of this man, Epaphroditus. He was a messenger, but he was sick. Yet he went anyway. And the journey in his condition nearly killed him. But he thought not so little of himself, but he thought of himself so little. They have a love gift for Paul. It's got to get there. I'll just take it. And so he set out for Rome, bearing the gift in his weakened condition to his own detriment. Here's the point. What has Paul been saying for the last chapter as we've worked our way through Philippians? He says, live worthy of the gospel. And what is the gospel? One more time, Philippians 2, verse 5. Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself By becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven. And things in earth and things under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, Jesus Christ, thinking not too little of himself. He's God Almighty. If he thought any less of himself, it would be sin. Because he is God and He is due all the honor and glory of God. But Jesus Christ, this is the gospel of Thinking of himself less than he thought of you and me. He came down. Before he was exalted, he humbled himself. And he didn't just nearly die. He became obedient to death on the cross for us. And this is how we live worthy of the gospel. Thinking of ourselves less. Genuine concern for others and taking a subordinate place of service and proving our worth. That's a little shadow of Jesus Christ. That's a model Christian. I urge you to find a model Christian. And if you'll first find one and put yourself under him or her and prove yourself as a son or a daughter, one day you'll be a model Christian. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, amen.